Sup, Thingateers? It's that time again, and it's been a week. Um, needless to say that everything going on in the world has really has changed us. We you could through... say that. Yeah, I'd say we've come out of this changed. Um, people may or may not have noticed we might identify a little differently now. Yeah, this is 2020. It's a year of inclusion and identification. We're no longer a podcast. We're a let's talk. The worst let's talk on the internet. Thank you. You're damn right we are. Wait, what? (laughs) It's going to turn into the shit show straight out of the gate. Low expectation, high delivery makes for satisfied people. (laughs) A thing, the let's talk, where low expectations. Well, set him just a little lower. It should be our our new mantra. <laughs> set your expectations lower than low. A-T-L-T. Yep. A-T-L-T coming at you not live from the ether. Coming on you coming at you on tape delay. Extreme tape delay. <laughs> Oopsie. It's hard. I mean, but if John Oliver can do it, so can we. Yeah, but John Oliver has an audience. We have us. I mean, we've got us and two very faithful listeners. We see you and appreciate you. Yep. Identify yourselves and we'll make you founding members of the Thing Fiend Club. You will get first dibs at all Thingateer perks and merch that may yeah. or may never come. <laughs> and y'all can be co-presidents. Yes, not not president and vice president, co-presidents. Co-presidents, because we know it's going to take more than one head of leadership to contain this monster. Yeah, because we're obviously not doing the best job with it. And here we are. But at least we're getting free shit. If free shit's nice, you know, outside of, you know, the... The Rona checks and free delivery from places like DoorDash and Postmates and all that good stuff. We're getting free video games, y'all. Yep, that's right. We're not giving anything away for free. We're just telling you what's being given away for free. (laughs) You gotta live like us on that broke bitch lifestyle. So that means getting all the free shit you can get your grubby little hands on. I mean, we give free audio. We give something for free. See? That's how it works. There we go. We're looking out for you. <laughs> Bunch of games free right now for you PS4 owners out there, especially. You can get the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection and Journey. Standing sets. I mean, you're basically going to get five games for the price of absolutely zero zilch zip nada. Thanks, Sony. Appreciate you. Ubisoft's giving away Assassin's Creed 2, which is probably one of the better games in that series. Okay, at least it wasn't the shittier one that they knew was bad. They at least tried. Assassin's Creed 2 is also a game that came out roughly 10 years ago. But it gives you the ability to explore cities and, you know, because we can't do that in real life. Hardcore parkour, homie. Hardcore parkour. Hardcore parkour. Yeah, the one thing you have to look is that all of the games you're giving away for free are not new. I know. But Epic Game Store is also giving away a huge, its pair of 
free games. So you can also pick up Just Cause 4 and Wheels of Aurelia, which is a visual novel. Maybe I'll bite the bullet and check out Epic Games Store. But hey, guys, you only have until the 23rd of April to get your hands on those two. So if you're listening to this, guys, you'll have about 24 hours if you listen to this exact episode on the day it comes out. And for all of you listening in the future, you're already too late. It sucks to suck, bro. Get good, scrub lord. <laughs> so sorry. I'll and see course, myself out now. There's also just a bunch of freebies out there in general. Call of Duty, Warzone, Battle Royale, different Battle Royales, Fortnite. If you really want to, you can go to GOG and also pick up a bunch of PC classics for there's like 30 games they have on offer right now. So, bunch of free stuff. It's a wonderful time to be a gamer. Because we're encouraged to stay inside and play video games. It is amazing how the narrative around video games has shifted a complete 180 since we've had nothing better to do than to be stuck inside. Right? It really is. So it went from... You're always told that if you stayed inside and played games all day as a kid, you'd amount to nothing. But here we are, saving the world one hour at a time. We're really all heroes here at a thing, the Let's Talk where we stay inside and play video games and D&D. Yeah, I mean... And watch things. Be proud. Yeah, we're doing Something our... I... <laughs> we're doing our patriotic duty. Hey. Yeah. So, something I didn't write on the talk this afternoon to cover that I forgot about and wanted to talk about is we're also getting a re-release on Steam of a very classic PC game. It's a Based on Doom, it's a modded version where you can zort your way through the areas as the one and only Chexman. Oh no. Oh yes, it's ChexQuest coming to Steam. Remastered, oh. apparently. Oh why? Oh why? That's right, for those who don't know, this game used to come in boxes of cereal back when thing back when they used to do cool things like that. Remember when you used to get free shit with the stuff that you bought? All the collectors? This game came out, I think, late 90s, because it's based off of, I believe, Brutal Doom, or one of the Doom mods. So it's mid to late 90s. Chex decided this was a good idea to put into their box of cereal, and it also came with AOL miles originally. So, you know, you can get your AOL minutes in while you're using the interwebs. And it's walled garden environment telling you that you've got mail. As you're killing a robot to log online. That's amazing. Now, I have a question about AOL miles. Are they similar to Nook miles? Can you exchange them for goods? No, you see, AOL miles you used to access AOL. Just like minutes. I just said the wrong thing. That's okay. I just, I had questions, and you you did a good job of it. No, but do you remember something called Marlboro miles? I do remember them. My dad used to smoke them, so we would get a whole bunch of free stuff. And my mom smoked Newports, so we would we we had way more Newport points though than Marlboro because my mom smoked like a chimney. So we got a bunch of free stuff from Newport. We had like a duffel bag, we had the thermos, we had an alarm clock. Like she had like a a golden Newport uh, cigarette holder that said Newport on it. Like it's she, funny how times have changed, isn't it? I know, and I, okay, so I do have a question for you. It's kind of in the same vein, and we'll move away from the whole smoking topic. But what was your favorite free thing you've ever gotten in a box of cereal? 
how does cereal okay one how does cereal have anything to do with smoking well it was just Number like three two, things it's, it's <laughs> always going to be the game we're talking about okay outside of the game like in terms of like not not video game but like actual like fun little t- like what was one that you you got that you never did <sighs> no i honestly don't know I remember what I got more than what I didn't get because I remember getting wacky spoons that like changed colors with Trix yogurt. Those were fun. I remember getting like silly straws and 3D glasses out of boxes to use on them for such. So I remember I was... things like that, but I don't really remember anything I didn't get that I wanted because I very much like I am now. I was very picky about my cereals. That's fair. My favorite cereal fact is continued, but I do remember um, I got one of those rings that you could put something in. Yes. From, so I was super excited about that, and I had that for so long. I also remember, and this is probably my favorite thing I've ever gotten out of a box of cereal ever, and I don't remember what cereal it was. All I remember is that I was so happy that I got an R2-D2 watch from a box of cereal. I want to say it was Kix. Which I still, I fucks with Kicks to this day. I love Kicks. Kicks is so good. It's so good. So good. Just a little bit of sugar on top. Don't need much. But I got an R2-D2 watch where, like, and it fit my perfect tiny little kid wrist. And if you pushed a button on the side, his head popped up and that's where the time was. And I had that watch for years. Question. And it can't answer. Unfortunately, no. A lot of that kind of stuff I don't have. I'm not saying if I'm you deaf. have it, do you think it would still fit you? Yes. I can wear hair ties as bracelets, so my wrists have not grown. Okay. <laughs> the rest of me but has. You know, my wrists R2-D2, it actually kind of brings us kind of back on topic a little bit to talk about what's coming May the 4th to Disney+, Plus, the Mandalorian documentary. So hyped. Let's go. So, Best Star Wars Day present ever. We need to make this a thing, Star Wars Day presents, because... You don't really get much around this time of year, so why not use Star Wars Day to gift the gift of nerdydom and, and Star Wars paraphernalia to those you love? So here's a couple things that's interesting. One, it's going to be released as a new episode each Friday, so one week at a time, because that's going to be Disney's motto. Uh-huh, you gotta wait, you little bitches. Uh-huh. Yep, we can't binge through it like we all did with Tiger King. They're going to make us wait patiently like good little boys and girls. Assholes. Right. I mean, unfortunately, we're just going to have to wait because I don't have the Netflix model, but it's coming. We have no idea who's involved with it, but it's an eight-episode series. Yep. More behind-the-scenes stuff of Mando. I'm sure maybe some sneak peeks of what might be coming in Season 2. Fingers crossed. More Baby Yoda. More Baby Yoda. Ahsoka. Speaking of, if you are not caught up on Star Wars The Clone Wars, they're currently going through the Battle of Mandalore. Important, relevant information to what we're talking about. Huh. Yeah, and you also get to see how the prequel series ends for Darth Maul. Oh, scandalous. Remember, Darth Maul didn't die at the end of Episode 1. He's still alive and well with raptor robot legs. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of lightsabers. They cauterize the wound instantly. Yeah, but I mean, he was cut in half. Still technically, it just takes a lot more effort to keep someone alive with less than half their body, but it's possible. 
There's just a lot more bags and hoses you need to make sure things go where they need to go. <sighs> Good point. Yeah, so this will be an interesting thing to watch. I mean, we're still trying to figure out, well, no, I think we know what we're doing for the month of May, right? I do believe we do know. So let's go ahead and talk about that for a minute before we jump over to guest correspondent and pro wrestling expert, pop culture junkie. Yes, I actually got to have a conversation this time, too, with Mr. PC and Jay. I wasn't left out. I know. It was amazing to have you both together at one time. And as I've said before, it only took a global pandemic, which is also what it's taken to get you to agree to do two anime series in the month of May. Yep. <laughs> I ain't got nothing better to do. And so I, I have no way of fucking my <laughs> So we're going to do two series. We're going to do two completely polar opposite series when it comes to this. We're going to be doing Demon Slayer, Kikutsu no Yaiba, and Recovery Out of an MMO Junkie. But I am excited for both of these because I feel like they match the two sides of my personality because they're polar opposites. And like I know that Demon Slayer is kind of on that like more edgy, gory side and then MMO Junkie is more lighthearted and fun um so they both kind of like encapsulate who i am as a person i think so uh, i'm interested to go down this rabbit hole it will be fun um but before we get to that we do have to talk to mr pc and jay so let's go ahead and jump over to that let's go hey there thingateers have you been wanting to slide into my dms well, now's your chance, so make sure you talk to us at athinkpod at gmail.com. And we're back with some more news and some tea. And we have a very special guest joining us again. A thing's favorite substitute co-host for yours truly, Mr. Pop Culture Junkie. Hello, welcome. Thank you and uh, appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, it's nice for you to be on when I'm actually here. <laughs> it's nice to hear your voice directly. Yeah, it's usually uh, you're, you're leaving me with this guy. I know I mean, my voice I'm is, here. <laughs> and my <laughs> voice is definitely more uh, sweet and sultry compared to my co-host. <laughs> I don't know those wrestling talks. We get a little heated sometimes. It gets uh, it gets a little intense. It can makes you feel but some type of way. I feel something. <laughs> well, and speaking of wrestling, why not have you back today to talk about? all things happening in the world of wrestling news-wise, but instead of what? being a co-host, today you can be our pro-wrestling correspondent, the one and only pop culture junkie. What? There's it's happenings in. in the wrestling world? What? Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but a couple of things have happened over the past few days where a certain somebody may be moving up into the big leagues, so to say. Um, you know, other things of not working out or not working at all. So there's a few. <laughs> Where do we want to start? <laughs> Let's just start with the fact that the first thing that happened was the WWE was claimed essential business by the state of Florida. Because of course it was. It's Florida. So we talked a little bit about this last episode. But I wanted your opinion on this one, Mr. Trunky. How do you feel? Because you are a wrestling fan. So Guilty. Guilty of that, yes. I mean, 
being guilty of the crimes of being a fan of wrestling, I'm sure you have a pretty good opinion on them being an essential business. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I just don't see... I mean, I know how. I know probably what methods were done to get that uh, essential business uh, title or (laughs) uh, category placed on them, but... I think it's ridiculous with everything we got going on in the world, the real world, all the you know horrible things that people are experiencing. Uh, it's like there's so many other things to focus on, and yet we have to have pro wrestling deemed essential when we're going to continue putting the wrestlers who should be home, quarantined, away from everything. They have to be involved in wrestling matches. They have to fly in or drive in if they can. I don't even know. You know some people, are, I think, are... Uh, flat out just living in uh, Orlando in the performance center uh, surroundings, like at hotels, they've been putting wrestlers up there so they don't have to travel. And it just seems like this is ridiculous. Just let them go home, be with their family and out of the you know element and chance of getting uh, sick. It just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's uh, just shows how stubborn Vince is where you have major league baseball, <laughs> hockey, basketball, everything is canceled, but uh, Vince McMahon has to do his own thing, uh, and yet he doesn't consider himself a sport. He's sports entertainment, but at the same time, all the entertainment stuff shut down. All movies and TV shows are halted production. So why does he have you know have to become this essential business? I don't get it. Well, Vince if Mc- you think about it, he's providing an essential need for all the people that are going through sports withdrawals. He uh, just imagine how much money he's probably going to make because I know people you know, that may or may not be on this Let's Talk right now, and even outside, who watched Wrestle, like, all six hours of WrestleMania because there was no other sport on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's charged, but... But at the same time, he's losing money in the long run. He's losing money already anyways because they the ratings have been terrible, the storylines have been blah. They've been losing fans over and over for the last couple of years. Uh... I mean, if we want to get to the point right away, the main reason that he had to make his uh, company and his show be essential is he's going to lose money and lose contracts with the television uh, channels that he has, you know, his shows on. So he just signed a like five year deal uh, last year with Fox for like five billion dollars or something. They bought it for to show SmackDown on Fox, one of the biggest television channels out there. And the ratings have been atrocious. Their shows have been bad. Uh, fans like myself watch every week going, this sucks. How, how did Fox think this was a good investment? Did they not see the product leading up to this? We all thought the product was going to get better now that you're on a you know, national channel. You, they were originally on, what, UPN, Sci-Fi. Those are the channels that SmackDown used to be on. Now it's on Fox. USA. Yeah, Fox. USA, yeah. yeah. So they had to do this because I think that they would have lost their contract with uh, uh, Fox because they couldn't keep making their show if they had to stop, you know, halt production, Um, which I'm like, fine, go ahead. You'll still find a home. You're going to be able to put your your wrestling on any channel. There's other channels that are going to want your your product no matter what. So I actually do have a question for you. So I've seen some rumors going around that there's been some pulling of a certain wrestler's promo material and name from marketing because he decided to not 
partake in WrestleMania? Yes. Uh, Vince's golden boy, Roman Reigns, that's, that's been the guy he's wanted to be the guy, the main uh, face of his company. He's, he is the, the, this generation's, uh, in Vince McMahon's mind, he wants this person to be uh, this generation's Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, John Cena. Roman Reigns is that, that person. But uh, Roman Reigns pulled out of his uh, WrestleMania match that he had scheduled against Goldberg at WrestleMania uh, for the uh, Universal title, was it? Or WWE title, one of the belts. No, yeah, uh, WWE title. And, uh, but Roman Reigns in real life, he's uh, had uh, leukemia twice. And he has a uh, pregnant wife right now as well that, that just came out this week that his wife is pregnant with twins. And he's already ha- he already has three kids uh, already. So it makes more sense now than ever why he pulled out of going to do any uh, of the tapings for WrestleMania matches. Because uh, he won, you know, he's already got a low immune system. He's had uh, a lot of serious health issues that he's been able to come back from. But you're more vulnerable to, you know, to the uh, COVID-19 by you know, not having a strong immune system. Uh, if you have any kind of shady or uh, poor health history, you're going to be more susceptible to, you know, getting sick. So I totally am, am fine with him uh, not doing the show. Uh, because, I mean, I've said before, I don't. I don't dislike Roman Reigns, the person whose real name Joe. I just don't like his character and the way they booked him on on the TV show. So I don't care about you know his his character and all that stuff. I'm glad that he took the uh, he took the high road. He really was like you know what I don't need to put myself in jeopardy and risk my life. My uh, family needs me to be here for a lot longer than you know the company is going to want me around probably eventually. So he he made the right choice. But now there's a thing coming out on a lot of uh, social media that uh, they don't want Roman Reigns' name brought up on commentary or interviews. Don't even you know mention him, uh, and we don't know when he's going to actually be brought back. I'm sure he will be, but I don't know when. And another question I have for you is: There's the rival wrestling promotion out there now, the AEW. Are they still performing during any of the, during all of this? They are. They're taping their shows as well. Um, WWE said that they were going to begin this week uh, with uh, live shows, which people didn't agree with. I didn't think we need live shows. Just record stuff. You could do a whole lot of other things. My opinion, just to jump back on the WWE. The yeah, not- without the crowd. Yeah. No crowds. <laughs> so no that audience. capacity crowd is going to be there back at that performance center? <laughs> uh, what I think is ridiculous is that there's other things they could be doing instead of uh, trying to do continuous storylines or uh, to have, you know, current matches happening. They could just do, let's do one, one week. We do the history of uh, Degeneration X, the history of Shawn Michaels, the history of Stone Cold. Just, they could do all these different things. They could do highlights of different uh, title, you know, matches and such and work on or roll with that. Look at baseball. They've been playing, uh, old school games, classic games on ESPN, even though Trump says he doesn't like that, but who cares? Uh, why not do things like that for the time being and give your talent a chance to have a breather, be safe for one, but also take some time off and give your talent a few months or a couple months, however long it, it's, it's going to be till we're all back to normal and start fresh because they've been running on fumes trying to make storylines work and it hasn't. But with AEW, 
they're doing shows where they've worked, they've taped a bunch of shows and matches. Um, I think a few weeks worth already, but uh, the owner, Tony Khan, he's, he has a uh, arena to his access, just like the WWE has their performance center. So Tony Khan has the uh, arena for him that they can use that for you know, taping their shows and they're able to get away with it that way. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> I love the loopholes. Yay. So before we move on to a topic I know Nancy's ready to talk about, I have one more wrestling-related question for you. Yes? How is Charlotte Flair as NXT champion? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I I don't get it. Uh, they have her booked for a match. I think it's going to be at Money in the Bank. That's the next quote. I do use air quotes. Pay per view, which will again be an empty arena. Uh, pay per view. Well, actually, no. They they said on uh, SmackDown. Uh, this last week of SmackDown, they said that they're going to have matches held at WWE headquarters, and the gimmick is climb the corporate ladder, and they are currently uh, building a wrestling ring setup on top of the WWE uh, headquarters. Their, their corporate office building, they have a ring with a scaffold of some sort hang above the ring for them to hang the Money in the Bank briefcases from. And we're going to have a match or two where apparently they're going to start at the bottom floor and fight their way through the corporate office building and floors up into the roof to win the matches. So we're going to get Jericho Orton twice for a briefcase. Oh, no, no. That was Edge Orton. That was at Mania. I'm sorry. You're right. Edge Orton. My bad. Oh, no, but I think it'll be... I'm getting my wrestlers with long hair messed up, all right? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have we'll have matches for the Money in the Bank briefcase, which is usually like uh, five or six men and women in the matches that will be uh, fighting their way to the top. And it's I just think it's really bad taste to come out. They came out on Friday with that gimmick saying, you know, climb the corporate ladder. And just the day or two before that, we get all the uh, news about... Uh, them making a lot of cuts and it just seemed a little bad taste to come out with that afterwards. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to talking about that for a moment. So WWE recently <coughs> made a bunch of cuts to their roster, cutting a lot of wrestlers, including hall of famers mm-hmm. um, due to, I'm guessing a loss of profit due to the times we're in. Uh, I don't know the exact number because we keep getting it, it just seems every time you get on Twitter somebody else got cut so uh, I've heard the number is up to 50 or more now that have been released and it's a mixture of uh, talent so wrestlers you have agents and producers that work backstage to you know produce the matches and set everything up you have referees uh, Hall of Famers of course yes so that's a big mixture of everyone. There's developmental people as well. Some people I've never heard of that are just you know starting out as well, but yeah. So they cut a bunch of wrestlers for it. They're announcing the next pay-per-view to keep, and they're going to keep trucking on as essential business. Um, mm-hmm. And I know what Nancy's wanting to talk about we're going to move on to here is Vince McMahon being appointed an advisor 
on how to reopen the economy. <laughs> oh, oh, you you got to get it right first. It's not it's not Vincent Mann. It's the great Vince McMahon. The great Vincent Mann. Yes. Sorry, before we hit it, I do want to mention the fact that when the president had all of the commissioners of sports leagues on, it made sure it included Vince McMahon. Yep. So congrats. It's a sport. Yay. <laughs> At least okay. in the administration's eyes. Okay, but no, I have legitimate feelings about this, right? Because this is officially the <clears throat> worst episode of Celebrity Apprentice ever. <laughs> ever. The wrong people are getting fired. And then you have you have Vince, who somehow managed to make it onto an advisory team when the XFL just declared bankruptcy. <laughs> That's not, but I guess him and Trump have a lot in common. Shots fired. I'm upset. <laughs> I can tell. It's just bullshit. Like, I just, I don't get it. Like, you know, he he's making decisions. I wouldn't call them business decisions. I wouldn't even bother calling them good business decisions. He's making decisions, Vince. And he is making so many people angry. And then, you know, he's letting go of all these workers. So, like, all of these actions that he has been taking worry me for how he's going to advise the country to move past this. Because at this point, it's don't listen to social distancing and CDC recommendations. And we're going to file for bankruptcy just to save on some money from the XFL, which in and of itself, I'm still very upset about because I very much enjoyed following the franchise. Rough next for life. Rough next for life, man. And I, you know, so I'm seeing the, the, I'm seeing the trend. So we're going to file for bankruptcy. And then on top of it, save even more money. Let's let all of these people go. And I still don't like how, you know, wrestling treats its, its, uh, its wrestlers. And this is just like the, the cherry on top of a shit Sunday for me. It was all just really, I mean, the timing is just too fishy. I mean, I get everyone, uh, everything else, uh, business-wise, you know, there's uh, companies from restaurants to retailers and such that are really having to make the hard decision to cut people, to lay people off because they just can't afford to keep them on their payroll, uh, especially if they're not able to be operating right now because so, so many businesses can't, you know, unless you're a, a restaurant that can do like delivery or to-go curbside, whatever, you you have to really be, you know, you're, you're just SOL right now, so... That's where I'm like, okay, wrestling is the same as baseball, basketball, whatever. It's all being canceled. They should cancel it. Uh, but they should be still taking care of their players and, and uh, people because, hello, these companies have millions and billions of dollars where you can still take care of your, your, your employees if need be. Um, so at the same time, they just go and do all these cuts. The XFL cancels. They declare bankruptcy and everything. He's still going to get money from that. I mean, he's a billionaire. He does still have the billions where he could easily take care of you know, his, his talent and uh, not leave them high and dry. And of all the worst time right now with everything happening, it's not like most of this talent is going to be able to jump ship to another company right away. I mean, there's AEW we mentioned, but they're not going to hire everybody, of course. They're not going to just be like, oh, come over here. We'll, we'll be your life raft. The, there's other right, wrestling. Especially with everything going on. 
Exactly. And there's other wrestling companies like Ring of Honor, New Japan, who could be like, we'll take you, but they're not doing shows. They're not doing anything because they don't have the money of a billionaire like WWE or Tony Khan for AEW. They don't have that kind of you know person to run their business and still take care of them and pay them while they're well, waiting to you know for the world to open up again. Right. I, I, and, you know, and that even goes back to something like I know we've talked about on, on our Let's Talk for many a moons ago, but, you know, how they don't have they don't even have health care to begin with. <laughs> and like any any time that they need something done, it's it's a GoFundMe from a fantastic fan base. That's the one thing that Vince has done right is he has gotten probably the one of the one of the most, if not the most passionate fan bases out there. Yes, nobody yes. will ever. You, I feel like you are a perfect. Ex- like I like I feel like you're a perfect example. It's like you know, like you're still you know you're still a huge fan, but you you can at least criticize. So you're not too far off the deep end. <laughs> oh no, I, I get, uh, I get, I get criticism all the time for the stuff that I talk about on my YouTube channel, where I, I do other things, of course, from blind boxes and such. But I do a lot of wrestle talk where I'm talking about current things happening, or I'll talk about you know past pay reviews, whatever. And I just you see the comments come in and drove of people just going. Oh, if you're so critical about it, why do you watch it? It's like, because I know how good it can be and has been. Uh, it's just, there's things I don't like about it. But guess what? That's the fun thing about wrestling is there's things that I like that you don't like and you don't like that I like and whatnot. That's the same as anything else. Uh, but yeah, I can be very critical because I've seen it, how it can be and what you can expect from wrestling and the things they've been doing lately. That's not what you should be expecting from wrestling you should be expecting better and they've done better so it it does get f- very frustrating to see the fall from gear see the fall from grace is always sad but maybe really there'll be is. a resurgence i mean apparently he can resurge our country so <laughs> <sighs> i'm just curious how vince mcmahon's going to help that's really what i wanted <laughs> He's going to bring like, in Vince. He's going to make just tremendously big, like, huge improvements to our to, to our plan. Yeah, what plan? That's the that's the beauty of it. He'll make improvements to the plan. What plan? We haven't gotten we'll that out our phases. Phase one will be coming soon. We call that red phase. Well, if you didn't, I don't know if you're familiar with this. I think I think Trump is just returning the favorite events because uh, WWF. They they put Donald Trump in their Hall of Fame back in two thousand five. That's right, they did. Two thousand six, yeah, yeah. Before Why? he was president, he was already a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Why he was he, often, he appeared on WWE episodes of like SmackDown and Raw? Well, the reason that he was put in is uh, back in uh, uh, at WrestleMania four and five, they held those those two back to back manias at Trump Plaza. That, that was where they first did business together. And then years later, in, uh, I want to say it was 2000, oh, 2005 or six. I can't remember exactly, at uh, WrestleMania, they did, uh, they did a, uh, <laughs> it was a shave my head match. They had two wrestlers represent uh, Trump and uh, McMahon. They had Bobby Lashley represent uh, Donald Trump, and uh, a Samoan wild wrestler named Umaga 
he was representing Vince and whoever would, uh, whoever won, uh, the other one gets their head shaved. So it was Vince's hair versus Trump's hair. And of course, Donald Trump, uh, his, uh, his guy, Bobby Lashley won. So Vince had to get his head shaved. Ooh. We were that yeah. close. We were, we were that close. Fall away from bald Trump. Yep. And we <laughs> got to, I mean, during that time, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin that was the uh, referee for the match. And leading up to that, we had uh, a nice uh, promo exchange between Stone Cold and Trump, which was nice. And then we got to see Trump uh, receive the, the worst stunner ever, as in he did not know how to sell anything, just like in his you know, professional life. Oh, shots fired. I'll be expecting a knock at the door any minute now. (laughs) Right. right. Come with me. We're here to take your internet away. We're we're with the internet company. That's right. Well, I don't have an internet company. We're with the company. (laughs) Bye, Mr. (laughs) Jones. Tell the world my story. Don't worry. We have this all in our record. We hope. Watch the audio is going to mess up now. Oh, no. Right? Our, our NSA agent's getting a little too bold. He needs to back off a little bit. <laughs> well, on that note, Strunky, thank you for joining us again, our pro wrestling correspondent. Hey, thank yes. you for letting me vent. I appreciate it. Any, anytime I get to vent about wrestling is awesome. You, you had some good stuff. I'm glad you were able to get it off your chest. I'm, I'm glad I could get some stuff off of mine as well. I feel like this was a good therapy session for Exactly. And I'm glad that I could share it with you, Mr. Junkie. So thank you for coming on. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. I'm glad I got to be here with both y'all. Yes, don't count on it happening next time, though. Okay. I mean, all it took was a global <laughs> one, pandemic. One one time in a while is enough you can handle, right? Yeah, you two together is too much for me sometimes. <sighs> what can I say? So, Mr. Junkie, anything you want to plug for us? Uh, just uh, head on over to YouTube and check out my uh, wonderful, amazing YouTube channel, Pop Culture Junkie. Got all kinds of reviews, unboxings, uh, different wrestle talk. So if you want to hear me talk more about the wonderful, wacky world of wrestling, you can definitely hear lots of uh, current happenings on there. Uh, but you can follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. And uh, I'm always live tweeting during WWE uh, shows. So at the uh, next show, which will be the uh, Money in the Bank uh corporate ladder climbing show or whatever they do uh you can check me out there i'll be on twitter commenting live during the show and we'll see how that goes you know real quickly before we go speaking of that pay-per-view if mankind was still wrestling i bet he'd throw himself off the roof oh my god yeah you know it yeah make fully jump off that roof yeah he'd just be standing on the edge of the building going like okay come on who's, who's gonna do it i'm ready come on all right thank you tears have you ever wondered where you could be the first to find our uploads? Well, wonder no more. Check out our main Anchor page. It's anchor.fm forward slash a thing bod. While you're there, make sure to check out our links to Facebook and Twitter that are going to be pinned right up at the top of the page near the podcast description. After the state of the WWE, I figured we needed to talk about more things getting hacked and slashed. So, Nancy, we're going to talk about two more episodes of Hunters. Yes, and they are jam-packed and action-filled, and it evens open up in chaos. That's right, they are jam-filled and (laughs) action-packed. And first and foremost, guess what? Lonnie's not dead. Clap, round of applause, yay. But but Murray still is. Yeah, I mean, you can... If if Murray made it out after 
surviving an explosion at point blank range, I think I'd hit the bullshit button. Lonnie, I can understand. Like he just got shanked. If I'm just happy he's not dead. Out, you know, from an explosion at point blank range, I'd say Vince McMahon wrote this story. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I had to. Work. <laughs> Not okay, so yeah, let's talk about episode eight here. Feels the episode. Yes. Because this one was all about the feels. I shed a manly tear or two. I'm not going to lie. A lot happened. Like a lot happened in this episode. You get Murray's funeral. Lonnie shows up alive. It just. <sighs> yeah, it's so. I mean, and you also. <laughs> It sucks because Millie letting Meyer out of jail. So much happens. I know, and it's it's hard to it, everything's gotten so convoluted at this point. So it's hard for me to really figure out where I want to start. But I think I, I want to start with Jonah running and you know, like apologizing, like saying it's like I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, when he, you know, talks to. Talks to the missus about. So. Min, or when he talks to Mindy. When, yeah, that scene is. Yeah, is a big one because it's Jonah feeling some survivor's guilt because Murray's gone and he's not. And it's Mindy desperately wanting some closure. Because she wasn't right. with her husband in his final moments. Right. She didn't. She didn't get to die together with him, which I, I think is probably what they had kind of planned on. I mean that like they they've, they've gone through so much. They did. They were inseparable. It was and they this was the one the one time also, I think, in the entire series where they've gone separate ways and this is what happened. Yeah. Because otherwise they've been I paired up. So the, the one time that we've actually seen them separate to take on different missions is the one where unfortunately Murray doesn't make it. He went floaty. He got the big boom. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean the scene there, that was a big scene. I think one of the things that I really wanted to talk about is the beginning of the episode with, you know, Meyer still screaming at Millie that the blood's on her hands. Blood's on her hands. It's on her, it's on her, and then she lets him go. And yeah. Comes one of them. Yeah, I <laughs> it's good to know he finally like whittled her down. Like, this is everything I know. Let me out. And she's like, okay. <laughs> okay, but just know when this is over, I'm going to rest your ass. Okay. And like he says that, like, bitch, no, you're not. Like, like he already knows. Yeah, and that's just and, one of them. Yeah, she, she's, she is now on their side of the chessboard, so to speak. The wild card is one of them. And then you actually get to her mom. Yeah. We, we, we go back. A little bit about her. Um, Murray's funeral. Where she gets like touched. And so yeah you get the scene with her mom. And she sees her ex. And she's like gonna get for a thing. And then her dad busts in being all mean. Yeah. I do think it's sweet though. How Millie's mom was just like. Like she knew she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And was able to have that conversation with her and be like, you know, I gave birth to you and I, I knew before you did. 
type deal, which I thought was really sweet because you can tell that's the one the one part about her identity that she continues to struggle with. And I know a lot of that has to also do with the time period as well. Yes. Um, that this is taking place where everything is still very much taboo. And on top of the fact that she's an African-American where like, yeah, she works in the FBI, but there's still like the stigma and heavy racism. We're getting off the curtails of everything that happened with, you know, world war. So it, it was still a very tumultuous time. <laughs> so, yes. and then being a, being a black lesbian is probably not on the list of things you want to disclose to people. Especially if you're a black lesbian who works for the FBI. Yeah, it's just best that you just keep that on the DL. So it was nice where she was able to kind of just like have that moment of freedom. Because I know how liberating that feeling can be. It was very touching. It warmed my cold dead heart. Yeah. <sighs> There's just a lot that, like I said, there's a lot that happens. Um, one thing I guess we could talk about is our favorite white supremacist. Yay! Travis! This <laughs> is a dog in this episode, and the dog bites the hand and kills the, the favorite son. Yeah, but at the same time, though, like, that's selective like, actually- breeding talk about that for a minute because that scene was very like a lot of this show is just very well shot we'll talk more about that as we're since we're winding down we'll talk more about the cinematography for the show in particular in the review right but the way that's played out was great it, it was very impactful and just the way that you, you could just tell this was a full act of passion there was legitimate like fuck you energy behind every single kick. Yeah, called him weak, and Travis is like, I'm not fucking weak, bitch. <laughs> Let me Oops, show you, hunty. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I knew Travis was going to like have to do something about him, because otherwise it would just... One inhibited the other. One cannot exist while the other lives. You know, that type was type Darwin. of Harry Potter bullshit. Darwin. Survival of the fittest. Darwin. Oh, wait. That's what they're talking about in the show. Oh, what a thought. And even um, the colonel. Is it the colonel? Yes. She, she was just like, I knew one of you was going to kill the other. I just wasn't sure who, who was going to come back. Ooh, spoilers, Nancy. That's the next episode. I mean, we're talking about both of them. But I just we're feel not like it's there yet. Fine. <laughs> so, because this episode, we're just trying to unpack this episode first, because there's still more that happened. You find out that Meyer killed eleven men in at one night, and was forced to basically kill eleven men in the camp one night, and in order to save Ruth, admitted he's never been the same since. And Jonah's kind of taken that slide. Um, when they find the Rocket Man, Von Braun. Rocket Man. And <laughs> question him, you know, over everything. The fourth right, Jonah tortures him with electrical cables. And did you see where he was putting those cables? Because that couldn't have been. Oh, that had to hurt. Ooh. Yeah, no, thank you. That had to suck. And that was... It was interesting, too, that Joe had to be the one that had to tell Jonah to back off. Like, he had really gone too maybe far. a little too far. 
But they got what they needed, the colonel. And one thing, I can't, and I can't believe I skipped over this. Um, even before this happened, when they got before they got here. Um, we can't we even talk about Biff going on the run and hiding, because Biff becomes important. I mean, like, they've been pretending, he's been pretending he's been important this entire time. But, now, so he's going on the run now. He's, like, on the run, he's wanted for murder. And then, they go back, flash to the showing, you know, them all sitting there and talking. Um, You get to see the other Nazi hunter. Yes, we do. And what he tells Jonah is that, you know, basically... That, hey, you're not being, you know, face to your grandmother's honor. Like, really trying to be like, don't do this. Well, because he's talking <laughs> about Meyer first. And it's just, it's interesting because he was like, tell, basically with the, you know, I'm a better, I'm a Jewier Jew than you is kind of how it goes in that sense is what that scene was. But I wanted to touch on it because of the way, because that's what brings to Meyer talking about killing the 11 men in camp. Right. It's more... They're talking about the solution, and let's talk about the solution for a minute, Nancy. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's a chemical that, you know, basically just infects the body, they're gonna release it in low-income areas, and it's fucking corn syrup. Well, what a thought that that the thing that's... In those sugary breakfast cereals with all of your wonderful free toys and... <laughs> Fucking checks Quest giving me the Nazi disorders. Yeah, it explains so much as to why we are the way that we are now. It's all thanks to high fructose corn. So it's very interesting that the solution is... Corn syrup. And then he jumped to episode 10, where even more shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. We've now become super secret spies. <laughs> the James Bond, the corn syrup factory, the blow it up, the Nazis go into a panic room that ends up being their demise. Jonah hunts down Travis and has an opportunity to shoot him before the old good cop, bad cop on his conscience. Meyer finds the colonel and figures out who she is. And all of that's just the end of the episode. Not even what happens going up to it. Right. You have his friend, you have Jonah's friends going off playing detective to go try and find him. Yeah. Even though you think that he would have learned after, you know, Jonah told him everything that was going on. Maybe you should just go away. And dude's supposed to be leaving for college. He's not supposed to be going on a. On a hunt for his on a hunt for his homie. Right. And then Biff becomes interesting in this episode, as I mentioned talking about episode nine. Biff becomes central here because you find out that Millie's boss at the FBI is the guy who helped him disappear back when he first came over to the States. Working for Carmel Offi, who was the Secretary of Defense in this. Mm-hmm. And Biff so. blackmails the FBI director. The FBI director, because of what he did. It's just, and then you get 
Patricia, the lab assistant, talking to to Harriet, calling her Rebecca. And Rebecca, quote unquote, is refusing to be called that. She's like, it's not my name. My name is Harriet. So that has me a little concerned. There is a lot that just happens. I mean, it, I. So let's talk about one thing first before we get into all of it. Let's talk about the creepy part. Now, I don't think it's creepy. Just the, the like I kind of upset my stomach part. He reports back to the colonel as the only one who survives, and he drinks the milk. Yeah, not just any milk though. Milk with her blood her in blood. it. See, so would you call that strawberry milk? I guess. <laughs> It's strawberry in color, and that was just gross. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I like blood as much as the next person. I order my steaks as rare as humanly possible. And even then, it was a little too much for me. Where, like, I understand you have milk because it's, a, it's white, it's pure. And then, you know, you've got Nazi red, you know, Nazi blood red. You're mixing them together. We didn't but need I that. thought Nazis didn't like the mixing of races. You know, you're not really mixing races, though. You're mixing their two primary colors. But they're still mixing, and Nazis don't like mixing. I know. But you had to make a new bloodline. So now yeah. he's still, like, one of her, now, like, they're, quote-unquote, they, they made a blood, a blood oath, a blood pact, just in a really, really disgusting way. And, like, you might as well just, like, set your fingers, just rub them together. Like, do it old like you used to do in, like, the the play, you know, playground where you'd be like, yeah, let's do that. That makes way more sense than drinking it. Milk. Right, it's just gross. But all of that comes in when you have Millie busts into the FBI's office, FBI director's house, and shoots Biff in the leg, basically kidnaps him. Handcuffs the FBI he... chief to the stairs. And I like their exchange in the car. Right. Like, it made me laugh. I gotta yeah, Biff just that. not even giving a fuck. He's just like, like don't like bring you. me back here. You've got spunk. Yeah, he's finally giving up the whole accent and you just see him go full. Hey, Nancy. Yes. Get full and... Nancy. You get a little bit of Lonnie's backstory. His dad didn't think he was good enough, told him he'd be nothing, and said it in English and in Hebrew, two languages to get the point across. And then he freaks the fuck out when he's in disguise. But we finally got to see him as a master of disguise. That was how he was advertised, and we only really just now got to see him take on a full acting role. But I don't blame him for freaking out. (laughs) Because it's that's a deep hole for someone to be going down to. Yes. I mean, now, all of this comes back to me going to want to talk about something that I didn't cover at the end of the last episode that's going to tie in here in a minute, because we didn't even talk about the scene in the last episode with Mindy, Murray, and their son. It, okay, so that's where I cried manly tears. <laughs> yeah, it was a very touching scene. And then, you know, make it merciful. And then when you see Jonah and Meyer in episode nine go to her home, she has the gun in her hands and single gunshot through the back of the head. 
Yeah. So I will say, because <laughs> we really didn't get to, t- I didn't get to make this comment earlier, but after everything that transpired in the last episode, I was sitting there watching and like, you know, she's got people over for, you know, morning Murray. And I'm like, she still has the dude locked in her basement. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got to sit in there. And I was like, he's still definitely down there. I wonder if she forgot about him. And then it turns to here and she, she ends it with saying, you know, this is, uh, you deserve to suffer and boom. But she just wanted to get it over with because I think at the end of the day, it was really supposed to be more Murray's revenge than hers. And he never got to have that and she wasn't going to do it for him. Well, and no, as she said, it was, you know, that their son asked for him, for her to be merciful. That too. Um, So instead of torturing like they would have done to them, she made it quick and easy and relatively painless. I mean, if you felt something, it was only for like half a second, maybe not enough for your brain to register as it's shutting down. Who knows? I've never been shot in the head before. Neither have I, and I don't know if I'd recommend to any of our thingateers either. Pro tip, don't get shot in the head. Avoid it if you can. That's what I would recommend doing. Right. So, as we kind of continue through episode 9 here, we get to the heist. Because that's basically what it becomes. We've had so many heist things. Damn it, Rick and Morty, this is all your fault. <laughs> That's coming Ever back soon. I know, I can't wait. We're not talking about that right now. So, we, we get our heist. And it's... Lonnie, disguised as the master of disguise, goes in as Jason, the floor supervisor dude that they kidnapped and tied up in his underwear in a, tra- in a van. You've got, which, real quick, Jonah's friends saw them do and decided that they're going to go to the cops. The brother cop, the black cop. Yay, opening up this whole other can of worms. That's the last thing you need is more police intervention. They go to the factory. So you have Lonnie, who slips in as a master of disguise, with Jonah and Joe in the back of his little Toyota Jeep thing. Well, it's a Toyota, and it looks like a Jeep. I don't remember the name of the car right now. It's okay. But they're in the back of his Toyota Jeep thing. So what they do is when Lonnie gets out and makes his way across, Harriet, who is afar on the roof, watching everything happen like the eagle eye she is, lets them know the count of the guards and when the coast is clear so they can go. Joe will then follow Jonah as he opens the vent down and crawls through the air shaft into the room where the corn syrup is held. He Not quietly. Then- I might add. No, not quietly. Guards almost caught him, but he made it in and planted the bombs. Meanwhile, you have... I'm going to lose track here. Mindy? Yeah. Who's in the van with Mindy? It's Mindy and... Um... She's not in there alone. Not... Anyway, Mindy on the radio... You know, with them, Lonnie's aside, posing as the guy goes in through the door, gets in, follows the instructions. Static interference is causing him to be stuck on his own. He breaks, 
break the machines though so he turns the heat up because they've discovered that the only way to kill the virus is by boiling it at about 500 degrees so Lonnie's able to do that and on his way out is where everything goes wrong shit hits the fan because the colonel's there and Lonnie gets stuck because he didn't salute the colonel but Travis her new Lap dog is with her, and she lets his leash out and says, he's a Jew, he's not one of us. And Lonnie says he has a bomb, and then Joe goes in and shoots the fuck out of everybody. That was so cool, where we actually got to see Joe use his skills, because, you know, he's, like, Jonah's always said, like, how many people have you killed? And he's always brushed it off. And now he's like, I killed everybody in this fucking room. <laughs> I do like when John Lonnie goes, Joe, and he turns around and goes, it's me, it's me. And he goes, how the fuck are you still alive? He goes, total man a bomb. It's the antenna that Mindy gave me. <laughs> He's like, I'm an actor. I, I sold it. He really did it. Like, I knew he didn't have a bomb, but I believed him for a second. Like I said, all of the Nazis rush into a panic room, lock the door, and as these vats are bubbling over and dripping into the floor, they're through the ceiling and torturously burning them. I say that is beautiful symmetry. They still got showered. Just with really hot, boiling, deadly corn syrup. And then they went boom. Big boom. Bigger than Murray boom. Now, so Mindy gets there with Biff. She leaves him in the car. He rips off the interior upholstery of the car and runs. Away. runs. While she chases Jonah, who's chasing Travis. Jonah and Travis get into a little kerfuffle on the ground. To where it ends with Jonah with the gun. Gonna shoot him. Mindy comes up and like I said, the good cop, bad cop is conscience until he's like, I can't shoot him. I'm not gonna do it. I'm too good for that. Flash to the colonel in her car with her new chauffeur, Meyer. Plot twist I was not ready for. Who goes, oh, it's you. She's like, oh, it's you. Meyer Offerman, I presume. And then she pulls out the gun and cliffhanger ending as they drive off the bridge. Is Meyer dead? Is the colonel dead? Is anyone dead? Find out next time on the finale of Hunters. Yeah. That's right, we're dedicating an entire lot to episode 10 because a lot's gonna happen. A lot has to happen with where they're leaving us with all of this. Which means our review's gonna be the in May, starting with our anime month. But hey, that's Episode 9 of Hunters in a Nutshell. Yeah. This one was definitely more we got shit done. I felt like we really moved through a lot in this episode, but it was very satisfying to watch it all play out. And even the twist at the end with Meyer being the chauffeur for the colonel was mind-blowing already. So I'm really interested to see what happens. I mean, but Meyer even says that he's going to take care of something as he disappears off. So... He obviously got in and took her car to take care of her because he was going to take care of the snake's head. Yes, as a smart hunter does. As he told Roxy when he left. Speaking of, we even say that, hey, Roxy's back. She helped slash tires. (laughs) Until Joe got called in to go make people be shooty-shooty full of bullet holes. Yeah. So she was there for a minute. She helped the cause. Good episode. Yes. I'm, I'm very... Excited to see how the show concludes. Um, I just hope I'm not disappointed. But with the way it's been going, I think we'll be okay. Right. I do think it's going to be a good episode for a finale. We're 
definitely going to get good talking about it. And I can't wait to talk about it next week. But until then, Thingateers, wash your hands. Six feet away. Bye. That's social distancing. <laughs>